Some days are terrible, you wish that you were dead And some days are magical, like great banana bread Someday we'll be friends with the voices in our heads The voices in our heads Hey guys, how are you? Congrats on not killing yourself Another week, you fucking heroes Welcome to the voices in our heads I am Christina Hutchinson current voice in your head and so honored to be here like thank you so much for inviting me in your head Ugh. <laughs> oh my gosh um i don't have any shows to promote but this friday this coming friday april 10th starting at 8 p.m eastern standard time uh you will be able to watch for free online my short film called dwell i'm very excited follow my social media at christina hutch um for i'll be posting the link to it uh at eight o'clock on friday april 10th because i was like oh it's like a certain time so like we can like all go to the movies because like we can't do that right now so um watch out for that at christina hutch k-r-y-s-t-y-n-a and no paul paul i didn't choose that spelling some fucking loser emailed me I'm doing everything I shouldn't be doing based on what Don Miguel Ruiz said in this first agreement. But uh, a person who's hurt emailed me and they said You're, that my name was spelt stupid. And uh, but they <laughs> like, I don't really care. I, I mean, whatever. Uh, I'm so used to people saying mean things that I'm like, it's it's hilarious to me at this point. But then he spelt it like, hey, Christina Hutchinson. And then he's put in my first name. He replaced all the Y's with eyes. And then my last name he replaced the eyes with Y's and I'm like oh I see what you did there like wow you're like really funny you should be a comedian uh, but yeah I'm so excited for you guys to watch this film I've poured my heart and soul into it and uh, I'm very proud of it I'm very proud of it you know sometimes I do stuff and I'm like huh that didn't suck and this is one of those things and a lot of times I think things do suck and then it turns out they're great so if I don't think it sucks that's like ugh, move over I'm about to win an Oscar do you know what I'm saying I'm either so underconfident like so insecure about something or way too confident you know I hope as I get older maybe my 40s I'll even out that'd be cool <laughs> I need something to look forward to you know what I mean um, but this movie was um, one of my favorite creative endeavors and one of the things that I liked most about it was Every single person involved in it, every single person, and I got to see this thing through, like from the very inception of the idea to to the final edit. And so it was really cool to see all these people that are involved in making a short film. And that's why I love theater, because it's all, it's, it's community. It's a group of people working together for one cause that's like not going to cause like religious destruction or anything. It's like a fear. It's like a play. So we can all get behind that. Right. Um, and every single person involved, the, the production assistants, which are like, they're not interns, but like kind of sometimes I don't, I mean, basically they're like glorified interns, but it's, you know, it's one of those, it's one of those jobs that you kind of do to get to, you know, start in the film industry and then you fucking kill it and then you work your way up to where you want to work. Um, they, every, every single person from the production assistants to the director to uh, the, every, everyone involved, everyone is just had a great attitude. And I've never been a part of a creative project where every single person, because you girl an empath, very sensitive to people who are shits. So, or people who are negative or people who are 
who are not great people, you know, it's not their fault. But you know, if you have, if you're carrying some bullshit on your back, I could sense it. Don't like that I can, but I can. And every single person had an amazing energy. Like they were truly lovely to work with. Not just great or pleasant, but like lovely to be in the presence of. And that is not something that I can say for a lot of creative endeavors because people are stressed out when they're making something. And and I just, it was one of the best experiences of my life. And um, and it reminds me of how important it is to have a good attitude, man. My dad taught me that. My dad taught me to value a good attitude. And I always loved the way my dad conducted himself. I still do. He's just a good man. He's just a good, he's just good. He doesn't lie in times that I would have lied or stretched the truth or be like, I don't want to be dishonest. He just is truthful and he's just a noble person. And he always, he always, I mean, one of the reasons why I would get in trouble when I was a kid is uh, that I had a shitty attitude. Like that's one thing my dad couldn't tolerate, even though sometimes he had a shitty attitude, but that's because like my mom was over-medicated and yelling at him. So like, give him a second, you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, he always taught me to, to value that. And so in the sixth grade, which is like one of the worst years of my life, um, my parents were like just screaming at each other and they had been doing that for years at that point and in sixth grade I got bullied and it really got to me because I was already already in this sad place and I didn't even know that I was sad because I'm like I guess just parents just scream at each other all the time right uh and and I remember I don't know when my mom was in the mental hospital but there was a point in the sixth grade where I wasn't brushing my hair. Like I told my parents that I like I didn't need my hair to be brushed or something. I mean, I guess when you're in sixth grade, you brush your own fucking hair. But my hair, you know, I have cr- really curly hair and I didn't know how to fucking style it. And so I just wouldn't brush it. And then it would mat up. Like it would create like an accidental dreadlock, but like a thick matted, not cute one. And, and then so I just put it in a hair, this giant hair clip, like a banana clip. And it was just uh, like I had to cut it myself. Like I went and stole scissors from my dad's office and just cut my hair. Um, but kids would make fun of me for that really bad. And I was like, guys, you know, in my head, I was like, guys, I'm trying here. No one's telling me how to do my hair. And then some bitch on the bus was like, wow, you ever heard of a comb? And I'm like, I'm just playing. Could you not right now? I'm having a bet. And I remember my only um, like true I don't even know if you call it true. It's almost adorable uh, attempt at not killing myself, but like hurting myself. I don't know what it was an attempt to do, but I was just so sad that I took my mom's razor and I tried to cut my wrist and it just, I put the blade up against my skin and I was like, ow. Okay, well, let's just like think bad thoughts about myself and I'll cut myself that way. Um, Sixth grade was a really bad year. And so after that, when I moved to Pennsylvania, Uh, I was like, I'm going to reinvent myself because this whole bullying thing ain't great. It's not cute. I don't like it. I need to be loved. So maybe I need to change some things about my personality. I don't know. And one of the things that that I wanted to make sure that was instilled in my newfound self was a good attitude. And I got to tell you, it's all when I interned, every time I interned in New York City, uh, I had a lot of great internships, like fucking killer internships. I was always had the mindset of I'm going to go in there and have the best fucking attitude. And it worked. It worked. People loved being around me. And I'm like, well, this is fun for everyone now, isn't it? It's great. Goes along with the theme of today's episode, the first agreement that we're going to go into. Be impeccable with your word. But more on that later. Oh, my God. Kevin is so cute, you guys. Holy crap. I mean, I, I'm looking at him right now. I just want to fucking eat him. He's so cute. I love 
this dog. I cry often because I of how much I love him. I've said I talk to him all the time. I talk to him nonstop. Even when he's asleep, I'll talk to him. And it's so helpful for me. And he doesn't get annoyed because he's a fucking dog. Like dogs don't get annoyed when you talk to them. That's so awesome. And 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 because of that, because I know that to be true about dogs, I mean, it's just common sense. It 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 allows me to be my true self. It sounds sad, but it allows me to be my true self in front of my dog because I'm like, he's not gonna judge me. He's a fucking dog. And I'm like, wow, Christina. Wow, you're finally free, you know? But I'll notice that Kevin will be Kevin follows me around everywhere. And the second I'll I sit on the floor, no matter what he's doing, if he's sleeping from across across the room or if he's like going to run around like a meth head maniac, like just prancing and running into shit, he'll like come. He always wants to lay on me. And I just think that's so sweet. Oh, I want to cry thinking about it. He always wants to lay on me. And it's like, ugh, I just I've always wanted to be loved unconditionally. And this is it feels great. I got to be honest. We got to love people unconditionally more often. One of the, I'm, I'm, I am reading a book um, also by Don Miguel Ruiz called the, Ma- I think it's called The Mastery of Love. And uh, he repeats a lot of the stuff he says in The Four Agreements, but some of this stuff is just more, you know, getting deeper into those thoughts. And, and he talks about dogs a lot in that book and how dogs love you unconditionally. They don't go, I will love you if you treat me this way, or I love you X, Y, Z. And I'm like, oh, that's so true. And, and I do think it's possible to love somebody who's bad to you but 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 you have to first love yourself first and go I'm not going to tolerate this abuse or this whatever the fuck's happening to me no 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 we gonna draw the line in the sand you ain't treat me like that motherfucker okay you not treat me like that anymore but you and you could still love that person when I kind of realize that I'm like well that's good because that's why I never want to I can never like hate somebody in my mind because I'm like, well, that means they're a bad person. I can't know because I know in deep down, I'm like, even though they're bad, I love them. I'm not going to date, you know, I'm not going to, you know, encourage bad things or, or or even interact with them if they're being abusive or whatever, whatever. But I don't know. I, that that gave me hope. But anyway, fucking dogs, man. You got to get one. They're really great. I hope you're not allergic to them. If you are, that fucking sucks. I did get allergy shots as a child. And because we had all these cats and I was allergic to cats, and my mom was like, well, too bad. We're still having cats. So get a needle in you every Monday. And I did. And it, it, cha- it I'm not allergic to cats anymore. So I'm just throwing that out there in case you like want a dog. But yeah, so Kevin follows me around everywhere. And so what, what I've started to do is he'll just stare at me. And he has, I've seen some dogs with like, they have like human eyes. Do you know what I mean? Where they look at you, you're like, oh, you're looking right into my soul, aren't you? My parents' dog has human eyes. When he looks at you, you just you feel like he's a person. Um, Kevin has that, like baby human eyes. When he looks at me, he just has so much intent. And and to me, I interpret that intent as the fuck you doing, mom. And so I started explaining what I'm doing when he, you know, I'll go to the bathroom and I'll do the nightly routine of okay, I gotta take my makeup off and I do the make. And Kevin will sit there. Kevin will run to the bathroom and just sit there and stare at me. And so I'm like. Okay, I'll explain to you what I'm doing. And I'm like, now I'm, I'm doing a face wipe. Okay, cool. And now I'm going to do this like, it's like, it's powder, but you have to like emulsify. And then I explain to him my whole nightly routine. And I'm like, God, that's so much work. Ugh. And then it makes me think of all the guys I know who don't even fucking wash their face. 
Ugh, I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy for like all the time you have to play World of Warcraft. Cool, because you don't have to fucking watch your face with like eight things. But another thing I do with Kevin is I admit things to him that I've not told anybody. I tell him all my secrets. I don't really have a ton of things that I've never told anybody because your girl can't keep a secret. I'm getting better at that. But uh, I don't have a lot of secrets that no one else on the planet knows. But I've been telling them to Kevin. And again, he doesn't care. He's not judging me. Feels good to say it out loud. You'll never know what it is that my secrets are. But that's okay because we all have things that only our dogs know. Okay? We all do. It sounds like a threat, but it's not. Um, hope you guys are staying inside as often as you possibly can, because as somebody who's living in the epicenter of the America's COVID-19 outbreak, uh, the last, I think it was last episode when I went rollerblading, motherfuckers was not socially distancing. I went rollerblading today because I got a little backpack carrier for Kevin. Don't worry. It has like an astronaut helmet type window where he can see and breathe through it. And, um, there weren't a lot of people around because if there was, I would have just turned around and gone, gone back. Um, and that was fun. So I was like, oh, good. Yay. We're, we're fucking doing it. And then I turned the news on for my 20 minute fix. And Central Park, you would have thought it was goddamn Disneyland. New York also does this thing at 7 p.m. Every evening, if you are in New York City, 7 p.m., open your window or look out the window. Or if, you know, you have to go outside to get something you need, I guess do that. But, like, wear gloves and a mask and stay away from people. Um, but they clap. Like, they like so people open their windows and they'll bang on pots and pans. And they'll go, woo! And they'll clap for the for the first responders, for the, all the healthcare workers that are fucking risking their lives. And, and, and also, I think these people also need just as much credit. Everyone working at CVS, people or, or drugstores or grocery stores, you motherfuckers are risking your life, too. Honestly, I mean... I, I don't say more because people coming to the hospital actually have the thing. But also, it, it, Trader Joe's, yeah, you make me stand six feet apart from everybody to get into the store. And there's not a lot of people in the store. But I'm, I'm walking right by people. And you don't know if I have shit. You don't know if I don't know if I have shit. You know what I mean? It's a crazy time we're living in. But anyway, at 7 p.m., they clap. So what I did today was I walked outside at 6.58 and I, and I started walking down the block and then the clapping happened and it, I just pretended just for a second, just for a brief little second that it was like a Christina parade. <laughs> I'm really good at convincing myself that things are true for a brief moments in time just to enjoy it. Cause you, if you're, if you don't have your imagination, what do you have? Huh? You dick in your hand, get it out of your hand, Christopher. Another thing I realized because Kevin follows me around a lot and I explain things to him now because his look is just like, um, what are you doing, bitch? I I waste, and because of this COVID-19 thing, I waste a lot of toilet paper and paper towels. Like, I waste it. Waste. Okay? Like, I am not conservative. I, I am not conservative at all with my toilet paper and paper towel use. Woo, I have a problem. I gotta, I mean, I'm cutting down. Now I'm like, okay, Christina, we gotta back this truck up away from the paper towels. I fucking, I do this thing where I eat child's food at night, like late at night. 
like like eight snacks in a row. And one of the things I eat is cho- are chocolate chip waffles. I don't do this every night, but I do it a lot. And I'll eat chocolate chip waffles. I'll toast them and I'll put butter on them. And then, and I was explaining this to Kevin the other night because he followed me into the kitchen and asked me what the fuck I was doing. And I was like, well, Kevin, uh, I'm toasting chocolate chip waffles because I, I want them and I'm putting um, butter on them. But then I wrap the, pap- the, the waffles. I put giant slabs of butter in between the two waffles right after they come out of the toaster because that's key, okay? You want the butter to drench the waffles, right? It's my it's my method. doesn't have to be yours, but you can use it if you are curious. And then I wrap the waffles in uh, three paper towels to make the heat to do, and I'm like, that's not. Come on, Christina. And as I said it out loud, I'm like, now, <laughs> sometimes I'll talk to Kevin in voices. I talk to him in a Southern voice a lot. I'm like, now, Kevin, I am taking paper towels. I'm going to wrap the waffles in paper towel, okay, to create a little blanket because we need the butter to penetrate the porous waffles. But I feel like it just creates more of a heat if it's wrapped in a blanket of paper towels. And then I'm like, you know what, Christina, I feel like uh, you don't have to do that. He can just wait for the butter to melt. Quarantine turd of the week. Everyone who hung out in fucking Central Park today. Guys, go home. If you go out, I understand you. We need outdoor time. We need it. So, so, I mean, it's just we're, we're, people are going nuts because this thing is fucking terrible. And it's, oh, God, it's bad. It's bad. If you've lost a loved one or if you have a loved one who's sick, I'm so sorry. I've, I'm sorry. I have nothing else to say. But, like, that sucks. It fucking sucks. And it's stressful. And it's worrisome. And it's sad. And it's lonely. And it's all these things. But if you go out to a park and then you see, oh, this park is crowded, go home. Do you know what I mean? Don't just go, well, if I'm here and then everyone else is here or whatever. Like, no, go go the fuck home, please. Go to the park another time. Or just walk around the block. There's some sun. You know what I mean? Quarantine king of the week, not queen because it's a male. Yes, I'm still using generals, but like, what else do you want me to do? Uh, is John Oliver. If you don't watch last week tonight, this is one of the best uh, programs on television. Programs. I sound like I'm 87 years old. It's my favorite program. It is, though. I love the way John Oliver, it's investigative journalism, essentially, with comedy. If, if investigative journalism, like really good investigative journalism, fucked comedy and had a baby, it'd be last week tonight. I really appreciate that show. I love John Oliver because he calls out motherfuckers and he does it in a way that is so funny. So funny. And it doesn't feel gross. You know what I mean? It doesn't feel like, uh, it doesn't feel gross. It doesn't feel poisonous. It doesn't feel like uh, he's being impeccable. He's not being impeccable with his word. <laughs> um, and he, this past week, he called out uh, this news network that I'd never heard of. It's called One American News, which I'm like, that's a fucking stupid ass name. Did the creator of Be Best name that? It made me think of, can you, you guys, the first lady of our, of the United States, Melania Trump, has an anti-bullying campaign. First of all, what the fuck? Not the right person to do that when you married to the biggest bully in the land. Anyway, the, the, the campaign is called Be Best. Is that, that can't be grammatically correct. Like, that's a phrase that I would hear if I'm going up to somebody in a country that doesn't act like I don't or I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that one. But like just to be best just sounds like someone who's trying to make a point but doesn't understand the English language. 
Be best? Huh? Be best? I can't just be, be the best? Or be, like, shouldn't it be be the best? And that's not a great message to send to the youth either, because then it's like, oh, I have to be number one. Let's snort Adderall until we die. You know what I mean? Be best? Come on, Melania. I think, I feel so, I, I mean, that's got to suck, man. That's got to suck. But I don't want to gossip. That's not good. Anyway, John Oliver <laughs> talks about One America News. This is news organization. They don't have a huge following, but uh, Oliver, and this is a quote from uh, one of the Rolling Stone magazine uh, coverage of this episode. Oliver cautioned against dismissing One America News as a stupid little watched borderline self-parody, pointing out that, as we've learned over the past several months, toxic things that start small can get big fast, and it's dangerous to ignore them. And then she, they fucking uh, talked about, I don't, I don't remember this woman's name, but there's this beautiful woman, like young woman, and uh, like really good looking. And you could tell it's like the Fox News approach of like, let's get someone with like blonde hair and a titties hanging out. And then she just go and she'll like, you know, uh, spread our agenda. People listen to titties. And unfortunately, they're right. But this really hot chick who obviously, to me, I'm like, oh God, of course, that's why they hired you. Not not to say that her journalistic integrity or her dreams of journalism are bullshit. Um, I think they are, but she doesn't. And she, it's like one of the few press people that Donald Trump will call on during a press conference because they'll ask him questions that, that start with flattering him. Like, People like think you're a liar, but you're like not. Anyway, what do you have to say? And then, and and then uh, last week tonight played like a not a montage, but a couple clips of this happening. So you, so you get the point, and you're like, oh yeah, I get the point. And then this bitch, this fucking bitch. God, I wish I knew her name. Just watch the episode. Starts asking, like starts talking. She asks a question. It's not even a question. She's like. You know, everyone's like really concerned about the coronavirus killing all these people when in reality, this many thousand babies die a day from elected abortion. I'm like, shut the fuck up, you dumb bitch. Shut the fuck up, you dumb bitch. I need, to, I mean, clearly I need to reread the four agreements 20 more times. Um, But it's just funny that I'm just like, oh, you dumb, dumb bitch. Oh, you dumb, dumb bitch. Come on, man. Come on. Oh, God, what a little twat. That just made me so angry. Um, and then they showed one of the news, the network's um, news anchor people, this guy, taking a selfie video um, comparing uh, the stay-at-home orders in California to Nazi Germany. As he's on his way to the his barber shop to get a haircut, or his, his hair, he said his hairstylist, to get a haircut. In the middle of the stay-at-home thing, and he and he's bragging. He's like, he's like, you know, my hairstylist technically could be arrested for doing something as simple as giving me a haircut. This is like Nazi Germany, and I'm like, whoa, 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 huh? Talk about a turd. Okay, here's something I'm gonna try. Okay, here's something I'm gonna try, and this is a new attempt at Fuckboy Theater. And if it doesn't go, if nothing happens, 
know that this is real and I'm not staging this, but a, a, a person has been texting me pictures of his dick um, twice now. Uh, the first time was on Friday at 1.11 a.m. And the text read, lonely, I could help with I could help that out with 10 and a half inches. And then he sends me a picture of his penis and he's not circumcised, but he's like very not circumcised it, the, to the point where it looks like if you took a corn dog and just nipped the, just the tippity tippity, not even the top, like do you look down into the corn dog to see the hot dog? That's what his dick looks like. I mean, it is, it's big. And of course you girl didn't respond. But the first thing I thought was, I'm going to call him on my next podcast episode. And then um, yesterday at 1244 a.m., he said, well, 10.5. And again, picture, uh, I mean, ugh. dude, guys, don't send unsolicited dick pics. It's not, we're going to make fun of you or we're going to, it's not, nothing good is going to come out of it for you. I'm, 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 I'm fairly certain. So anyway, this person, 401321, four eight nine four um oh whoops did i say his number out loud i did oh maybe i'll have to change it i'll have to go to verizon and change it mm, so hard being a man um but that is his real phone number and i'm gonna call it um he said yesterday twelve forty four. he said well 10.5 another dick pic and he'd say you'd be in heaven and it's twelve fifty nine a.m right now on um on a monday night i guess technically tuesday um and uh i wanted to record this episode specifically during the times that he's texting me to see if our boy picks up okay so we're just gonna text him I'm, let me see wait let me think i didn't think this through like what what angle you know what when crit and i do prank calls usually we format like a plot but i'm just gonna go with my heart and do it completely off the cuff okay so <laughs> i don't know if i'm gonna be i don't know what's gonna happen but let's just call him and see and i have no idea who this number is so I mean, it's not going to be a bot, right? That penis was not a robot. My God. Your call has been forwarded to an automated voice messaging system. At the tone, please record your message. Okay, I'm going to try calling one more time. Here's the plan. I'm going to call one more time. It's going to ring a bunch of times like it did. And I'm going to leave him like a very enticing like... I'm... Oh, yes, okay, I know what I'm going to do. I'm not going to tell you until I do it. Sorry, we have to go through these rings. Talk amongst yourselves. Wash your hands. Use the time to wash your hands. Look out the window or something. Or compliment someone you love. Oh, that's nice. He really, I mean, there's a lot of rings in between the initial call and the, the voicemail. That's interesting. Is that a T-Mobile thing? Was that? It's not Verizon, because I have Verizon. Your call has been forwarded to an automated voice messaging system. At the tone, please record your message. 
When you've finished recording, you may hang up. Hey, um, so I got your your photos um, and your texts, and I and I wanted to give you a call um, to see if you would possibly be interested in exchanging. But I wanted to call you first because one, I don't know who you are, but that dick is is really nice, and um, I would like to get to know it better. So yeah, give me a call back. Don't text me. Give me a call back, and um, hopefully I'll talk to you soon. That's me attempting to reel a man in for a fun little prank. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. No, it's like, it's a lot of work. All right. Well, I'm going to leave my phone on ring. So if he calls back, I'm going to know and I'm going to pick it up. Wait, let me text him too. Mm, please. Mm. Call me when you can. Call me. When you can, with a um, wet, uh, a water spurting emoji. Oh, please fucking call me back, you dumb fuck. Anyway, see, I was like, me, he's probably not going to pick up, but if he does it, whatever, it'll be fine. Um, so let's get into the first agreement. The first agreement in the four agreements. This is the second episode of the deep dive into the four agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz, a book that I cannot recommend enough and a book that I will be reading until the day I croak I some of this shit it's really hard to change your habits it's so hard it's so hard but it is it's hard and so one of the ways that has proven for me to change my habits is just repetition so some of the shit in this book when I first heard it I'm like okay I I, I agree with what he's saying and I think it is actually very right but goddamn, that's gonna take 15 years to change like I'm just like that's gonna be an uphill battle I don't even know where that shit came from of mine so the first agreement is is and he's he states this as the most uh, important agreement and the most difficult one to honor and it is true be impeccable with your word now you may ask why your word like why does it matter the word is the power that you have to create. These are his words. Okay? The word is power. The word is so powerful. And I know there's a lot of sayings out there about like, how oh, sticks and stones make my hands and words will never hurt me. Or like, words, words, words. No, words actually mean a lot. Even if you're tossing them around like uh, and being cunty about them. That, that That's still, I talked about last episode about emotional poison. I love that phrase because that is exactly what it feels like when when think back in the moments that someone has said something to you so fucking rude and out of line and you're like oh that hurt now i'm not talking about a truth bomb like a tr- like a oh you called me on that mm-hmm. wow okay i'm talking about like just nasty you know what i mean like now you can feel it and that's why i love the phrase uh, emotional poison because that that is exactly what it feels like that's why i hate i I so strongly dislike reality television, like the Real Housewife shit. It's just like, oh, God, it makes my skin crawl because it's a bunch of chicks yelling at each other and being rude to each other. Obviously, it's very heavily produced. But even still, so these producers are, are heavily producing the lives of these female friends to create that shit? Ugh. It, just, it feels like emotional. It feels gross to watch to me. Um, and, and, and this is in this first, um, agreement where he talks about it, he talks about, um, God. And usually it reminded me, cause the first time I listened to this book or first time I read it, um, 
I realize that the second someone brings up God, I'm like, ugh, and I'm very dismissive and very rude and not open about it. And and it's for my own reasons. My own reasons happen to be because, like I said, didn't grow up with any religion, which was awesome. But what skewed my views on religion is hearing from so many people who wrote into Guys We Fucked over the past six years about how re- their their parents' religious beliefs have caused havoc in these people's lives. Being gay, being doing things like just so many things as as big as the person you love is wrong in God's eyes and as little as like you know put pants on you slut you know what I mean like just just I I've so there was a period of time that I only heard negative things about religion and I and then that part made me realize because I rolled my eyes I'm like oh God I'm out I don't want to be that close-minded that's that's not that's not cool it's not cool to be like that and so so I just wanted to throw that out there and, and, and in case you also do the same thing. Because while I do understand it, especially if you've had a terrible experience with extreme religions, I mean, that that any extreme religion is, is I, I think we can, it's just not, it's not great. It's not great. So that made me go, hey, Christina, maybe you should be a little more open-minded. It is through the word that you manifest everything because your word is your intent. Your intent manifests through the word. What you dream, what you feel, and what you really are will all be manifested through the word. The word is a force. It is the power you have to express and communicate, to think, and thereby create events in your life. And that, talk about like law of attraction. That shit is real. I When I moved to New York, I moved to New York City because uh, I transferred colleges because I'm like, I want to be on Saturday Night Live. I got to intern at Saturday Night Live. That's my in. That is an, That is a way that I can be in it, with the show. And and the second year I lived here, I lived on the um, 96th Street, and I would jog up and down the East River. I would do it at night a lot because that's when least people, were, uh, the least amount of people were around. And I remember that I would scream into into like the Hudson River <laughs> or the East River because I was on the East Side. Um, I would say I would scream alone at night. I'd be like, "I'm gonna be on, I'm gonna be an intern on Saturday Night Live." I would scream it, and it felt so it felt so like ooh. <laughs> dangerous uh, for whatever reason and and but when I when I yelled it out loud into the sky it I felt this I'm not bullshitting you I felt the cells like I felt this tingle in me and and it, and it felt like it's as if I could feel it manifesting like this manifestation stuff I cannot recommend it enough but all that is, all manifesting is, is the word. It's the word. It's the word you say to yourself inside your head or it's the word you say to others. You know? So it's all, the word is so important. And 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 as a stand-up comedian, I mean, my God. That's why I love stand-up comedians who have good word economy. Who every single word has been thought out and put there on purpose. I, I admire that so much because that is something that I, I hope to have one day. The word is the most powerful tool you have as a human, but like a sword with two edges, your word can create the most beautiful dream or your word can destroy everything around you. Depending upon how it's used, the word can set you free or it can enslave you even more than you know. You know, I mean, we all know those like negative Nancys who are like, oh, like, hey, Bob, how you doing? I mean, everyone around me is dying. Cool. I'm going to go. <laughs> Fucking Grinch. One of the best things that I learned um, in my mid to late 20s is to cut off people in my life who were constantly complaining about things I can control. Just constantly negative. Oh, God. 
And it feels so good. It feels so good to cut out people. You don't have to be like, you're a piece of shit. No, because then you're doing the same thing. But just cutting out gently, slowly cutting out people in your life who are just negative and complain all the time. I, I cannot recommend that enough. It'll improve everything around you. <laughs> your immune system, the way you think. It's just, it's great. The birds will sing louder. It's great. There's a lot we, and, 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 and oh God, I just, there was so often, I was just such an impressionable youth. You know, you really could convince me of anything. And I, and I loved you right off the bat, like to an extreme. Like I was just so on your side. If it was, if you were a stranger that came up to me in the street, I'd be like, everything you say is the truth and you're so great. Like I just, I was in your corner. Ugh, die hard in your corner to strangers. And so that obviously I've learned to uh, not do because it sucks. It sucks your energy out. Um, the word is so powerful that one word can change a life or destroy the lives of millions of people. And then he talks about Hitler. Woo! Damn, that's an effective example to back up that point, motherfucker. Hitler led, uh, led Germany into a world war with just the power of his word. He convinced others com to commit the most atrocious acts of violence. He activated people's fear with the word. Yo, it's crazy. And, and, and look at any, any controlling institution or any controlling person. A lot of times what they try to control you with is it's the word, but behind that word is fear. They're trying to make you afraid of shit. And that's why I feel like, uh, oh, wait, did that guy text me? <gasps> he did. I take it. I make you wet. How could I not? Oh my God, call me, baby, call me. Sorry, I knew this was going to get interrupted. I want to hear your voice. Sorry, this is just this episode, very poignant episode. It's going to get interrupted uh, from time to time by some dude who's sending me pictures of his wang. Very uncircumcised, which fine. It's just, it's just, I feel like, I mean, I don't think he computer generated this photo, but it just, it's, it's a little, you know, I know vaginas can be vastly different looking i just didn't know penises could too which is kind of cool except when you send it to a person who doesn't know you and they don't want to see it anyway 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 where was i i have my notes up on my computer so like ollie i like get my spot um oh yeah hitler <laughs> fear you can you can strike fear in people because, you know, I, I would love to believe that we're all strong and, and we're imper like people can't penetrate us with their opinions and their whatever. But it's it's way too easy to to be affected by other people's words, even if you're like, I don't like that person. It, it's just too easy to get the, the, the emotional poison. Oh, man, I got a quote for you later on that. Oh, hit home. Um, but but Hitler fucking he he gave all these speeches. He stoked people's fear and anger and like oh we're everybody wants to be a part of something bigger than themselves bigger than themselves. That's just a, a fact about humanity. For the most part, people are attracted to that. Human nature, you're we're attracted to that, right? It feels good. It feels like we're we have a purpose. It feels like you know we're doing good or we're 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 a good boy or we're a good girl or we're a good them. And you know. Uh, you know, it's not all it's cracked up to be all the time. But but Hitler fucking, by way of his word, made the Holocaust happen. Wow. I mean, if that doesn't convince you of the power of the word, Jesus. And you know what it makes me think of Donald Trump and how he just, he talks like a third grader, dude. 
Yo, bro. Yo, that bitch talks like a third grader, dude. <laughs> like mad third grade. Maybe even second, man. He only knows four adjectives and he just repeats them. That's why I'm like, oh God, I miss, I miss Barack Obama so bad. And I, I know that like, uh, I'm, I'm my Fox News watching father's, you know, uh, uh, stereotype of a libtard snowflake, but like, I really, I don't care. I miss, Barack Obama was so beautiful with his words. He put, and Michelle Obama, you ain't, you ain't seeing her being like, be best. Oh, God, just the stark difference, the difference, the difference, man, in, in, in presidents and first ladies. I mean, woo! And, and, and <laughs> that is most palatable for me through the, the, each of their, the use of their words, how they use their own words. John Trump knows four adjectives and he repeats them. And then everyone's like, wait, what? And he's like, I know, it's terrible. Just terrible, awful, bad. And we're like, what the fuck? Are you? It's like I'm speeding down the highway, angry that I just found out my husband cheated on me and I'm texting him. And that's how I'm texting him. That's how he talks. And he's a president, yo. I want him to be good though, man. I'm rooting for you, buddy. I'm rooting for you, buddy. I hope you get better, man. And if you do, I'm all here. For, I am here for it. Here for it. And that also made me, this example of Hitler made me think of the cults. Fucking cults. The Jonestown Massacre? Yo, Jim Jones ordered his followers to drink cyanide lace, uh, cyanide lace drink, resulting in the lo loss of 909 lives. Some of those were kids. I don't know if they necessarily, a ch kid can't really make the choice to end their own life. Like, I, I understand that children do commit suicide, but, um, but I feel like their parents were shoving that drink down their fucking throats. You know what I mean? I don't think little Johnny was like, mommy, I want to die today. And she's like, oh, me too. Let's do it. You know? That motherfucker got 909 people to kill themselves. Jim Jones. And David, his middle name is Moses, is fake. Berg, he founded Children of God. Ooh, that cult? Oh, that ain't great. That ain't great. He opposed anti-pedophilia laws because he said having sex with children was not only permitted, it was a divine right. I'm sorry. What? I'm sorry. What? And he, the, with his words, those terrible words, very bad words, very bad. He convinced other people to do that. Berg was a master of propaganda. Propaganda, I know, obviously can be, images can be used, but also words. His fucking pamphlets that talked about his teachings. David Berg, like this, that's how he got people, through the use of his word. And then I, I looked up facts about them, and uh, it said the group changed its name several times, most recently to Family International in 2004. And now we're ruining the word family because anything that has like family values. Oh, you're just going to tell me that if I'm gay, I'm going to go to hell. And uh, if I have any type of I'm not the I don't feel the gender I was born with. You're just going to like like fucking poop in my face. Like like that's what whenever an organization has family values, it's you're you're going to convince me not to get an abortion or you're going to try. Not going to work, but you're going to try. But this fucking group still exists today. 
They're operating in 80 countries, although no longer permits sex between adults and children. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you, David Berg. That's so cool that like you don't promote sex with kids anymore. Like, hey, be best, David Berg, because your, your best kind of sucks. Anyway, uh, back to the quotes of Don Miguel Ruiz, because these words are good to hear and I feel good about spreading them. The human mind is like a fertile ground where seeds are continually being planted. The seeds are opinions, ideas, and concepts. You plant a seed, a thought, and it grows. Too often, the human mind is fertile for the seeds of fear. <laughs> You're telling me. What is important is to see what kinds of seeds our minds are fertile for and prepare it for the seeds of love. <laughs> Sounds like David Berg trying to convince a kid to fuck him. Uh, hey, we got jokes. They're jokes. Oh, he texted me back. He said, <laughs> Jesus. Well, do you like my massive cock? Then we can talk. Uh, Duh. Of course I do. Well, you fucking idiot. I'm not going to kiss your ass that much. I do. I'll just say I do. Okay, I hope he calls me. Watch, I'll be in the middle of like the most poignant thing in the chapter. And then he'll be like, Bleh. Anyway, um, one fear or doubt planted in our mind can create an endless drama of events. Humans use the word like black magicians and thoughtlessly putting spells on each other. And he talks about black magicians and white magicians. I'm like, this feels racial, but it's not. It's not racial. I fucking, and then I'm like, I, you know, my my instinctual fear is like, someone's going to send me an article about how like this person's racist. God damn it. Like I'm always afraid that someone's going to be outed as a pedophile or a racist or a set. And I'm like, ah, fuck. But um, <laughs> maybe it's because of, you know, race relations in America but that's that's what I thought of at first I'm like he they well, well, well that sounds weird but he doesn't mean it racially um yeah we can plant we fucking mm, humans love drama and we plant these seeds we plant the seeds and if you don't know yourself well oh I would say your mind is pretty for if you don't know yourself and you don't love yourself or you don't like yourself at least you, it, it, I feel like your mind is very fertile for the seeds of fear Oh, God. One time when I was little, I'll never forget this. Well, I was like 10 or 11. I was 10 or 11 years old. I, just, I don't know why this sticks out in my mind. Like, it, uh, so much. I was 11 or 12, and my dad and my brother and I were attending a NASCAR race in Richmond, Virginia. And, uh, and, and as we were walking through the tailgaters towards the racetrack, this drunk guy who's tailgating, we walk past him and he like walks up towards me, not in a threatening way or anything, but he just like, like gently walks up towards me. You could tell, I, 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 I was like, I feel like you're probably drunk. I didn't really, I, yeah, I knew that word. Um, and he goes, he goes up to me, he stumbles. He goes, hey, why you gotta be so mean all the time? And for whatever reason, this stra drunk stranger at a NASCAR race, tailgating at a NASCAR race, saying, why you gotta be so mean all the time? Who I've never met in my life. I felt so terrible about myself. I don't know why. I don't know why, but I was like, oh God. Like I just felt, I didn't feel gross, but I just felt bad. <laughs> so I'm like, oh girl, you got to get thicker skin. I know I was a kid, but Jesus, that's how fragile my sense of self was. He didn't even say it in a mean way. He honestly said it like we were chums. He's like, hey, why are you going to be so mean all the time? Like, he really wanted to know. And I'm like, I'm not, am I, oh, 
Huh. And I thought about that for a while. Every human is a magician and we can either put a spell on someone with our word or we can release someone from a spell. We cast spells all the time with our opinions. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm. Now, it should be said that you can work your way up, I, I think this is me talking now, to not being affected by other people's words as much. I think no matter how confident and, and whatever you are, someone somewhere can say something to you that you're like, okay, fine, but it, it hurts. You know what I mean? It's okay. It's okay to be hurt, but just know that don't agree to it. Don't agree to what they say. That's why these are called the four agreements. We've made agreements with ourselves that we're pieces of shit. Not all of us, but some of us. These negative agreements with ourselves. And in order to break them, we have to make new agreements. So when people fling their opinions at you, just take a second to go, this is somebody else's opinion, okay? But one quick way to work yourself up to not being affected by other people's words, get internet famous and read Reddit threads about you. <laughs> it's truly like... When people first started saying terrible things to Corinne and I on the internet, I was so upset. So, oh, my heart would race. It would sink to my stomach. Then it would race. And I just couldn't stop dwelling on, <laughs> dwell, on, on what these people, I had no idea who they were, were saying to me. And my little feelings were so hurt. And then I'm like, Christy. And then I honestly, it just got so much. There's, it just happened to the point where I'm like, okay, all right. I don't care anymore. It's too exhausting. It's too exhausting. And then once you kind of break down the psychology of it, people are flinging their own bullshit at you constantly. Society's doing it. The beauty industry. You know what I mean? Like people are flinging their shit at you. They're flinging their poopy turds at your face. And you got to go, mm-mm, not today. Not today. During our domestication, our parents and siblings gave their opinions about us without even thinking. We believe these opinions and we lived in fear over these opinions. Now, this is that was a direct quote from this the book. You might not you that might not have been you. Cuz some of the stuff he says he's like we did this. I'm like, well not everybody. Most people, yes. Me, yes. But I'm just so if you're if you're listening to this going, I don't I didn't do that. Cool. Honestly, kind of jealous. And then he um talks about like, you know, this um a you can say, look at this girl. She's very ugly. And then the girl listens and she believes she's ugly. And it reminded me, I'm like, man, there's so many times I, I always was so perplexed by this. And then I like people who are, who are thin, like girl, it's mostly girls from my experience who are in shape, not only in shape, but like thin. And then they, they think they're fat. That happened a lot in, in mostly in high school, middle school and some in college. And then sometimes I, I run into a person actually, yeah, actually in my adult, Life in my 30s, in my early 30s, I'm 32. Thank you. Years young. Yep, bitch. Uh, I'll run it. When I run into a grown ass woman who's thin and says she's fat, I'm like, no, no. Like, I'm not even, not only, I don't say no. I'm not going to try to convince you that you're not fat. I'm not going to, I'm not, obviously not going to agree with you because you're not fat. Like, the fuck? Because that, oh, God. I, that is such a turnoff. It, um, as, as a person to, to me, like if, if somebody is like beautiful and they think they're ugly, like, oh God, what? Like, shut the fuck up. Like, come on, just get, get, stop. No, I can understand why, you know, if you're a really beautiful person and people use that against you, 
I okay, that's that's uh, that sounds like it sucks. But if you're like I'm so fat and you're not so fat, shut the fuck up. You silly goose. Stop. But you know, this is all perpetuated and it's like you weren't you weren't born and you're like, "You know what? I'm a fat whore." You, somebody somewhere along the lines said that to you or made you feel that way and you fucking agreed to it. That's how that got there. That's how that idea got there. And like people, I know that body dysmorphia is a thing. I don't know if it's classified as a, as a mental illness. I don't know. But I'm like, I feel like it was, that was, it's a thing. Yes, I agree. It can be treated, but I, I feel like it was planted in you by somebody or, or the beauty industry or some, something. Jesus. I mean, we all have, you know, in terms of the beauty industry, men's magazines, women's magazines, we're all up against these standards that are completely fucking ridiculous and we impossible to live up to. And so what that does is if you're if you're weak willed and I'm one of those people who who has been and is working on it, but like you succumb to like, oh, shit, I am fat, huh? Or like I am ugh, I am whatever bad thing that this guy trying to sell me fat pills or diet pills is trying to tell me you know I don't know if that made sense I kind of call this guy okay um but but yeah and, and then I realized like you know speak the word how we speak to ourselves in our heads is so important and and this chapter this with this this agreement may truly made me realize how mean I am to myself I don't know about you guys but I am so harsh like so, like alarmingly harsh but in the moment when I say these things or I kind of assume these things or I guess I'm so used to or I was so used to it that it just didn't strike me as alarming but then after reading this book you know for 70 times so far I'm like oh I'm not that nice to myself that sucks I want to be nice to myself be nice to yourself someone says you are uh, oh 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 yeah and he talks about someone saying you're stupid someone hooks your t oh god this is great someone says you're uh um Oh, you, so so we can cast spells on people with our negative words and with our bullshit, or we can break spells for people. And I'm like, that's fun. I want to do that. Someone can hook your attention using the word and lets you know. So if you if you think you're stupid, if you grew up, maybe you're, maybe you had a parent, a parental figure, a guardian who just called you a fucking idiot or called you something terrible when you were a child, and you're like, you're a child. Like you're not. You know, it's so easy to penetrate the, the, the self-confidence of a child, especially when it's a person who's supposed to be taking care of you, right? And so if you have this belief about yourself, that belief can be unhooked, that you can, somebody can help you untether that belief. So here's the quote from the actual book. Someone hooks your attention and using the word lets you know that you are not stupid. You believe what that person says and make a new agreement. As a result, you no longer feel or act stupid, which I think act is an important, I'm glad he put that in there because if you feel something, you're going to perpetuate it and then you're going to make it happen. You know what I mean? Like if you tell yourself you're a loser, you're going to act like a loser and you're going to you know, opportunities are going to fall apart. You're not going to get in, not do anything on top. Like it just, it's perpetuates itself. So word is so powerful. A whole spell is broken by just the power of the word. Conversely, if you believe you are stupid and someone hooks your attention and says, yes, you are really the most stupid person I have ever met. The agreement will be reinforced and become even stronger. Oh man. It may like, mm, 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 mm. Can you imagine a, a child growing up and say, you know, your dad called you fat, whatever. 
and and then and you weren't or whatever whatever your body was and honestly even if it, it would make sense if you would start to eat unhealthy and become overweight because that's what you're told and you agree to it because it's your father like he's supposed to love you right and then and then and then you agree to it and then you gain weight and then you are overweight and then someone's like you fat fuck and that oh my god that's terrible Ugh. Mm. People are people can be so mean. They can be so mean, and um, and and so I can see how people just get dug. They just get pulled farther and farther down into, as Madamago Rumi says, the dream of hell, the dream of the planet, which is the dream of hell, because people are so nasty. So if you come into if you're if you come in into an environment where you you feel bad about yourself from ideas that were planted in you since you were a child, and then some dipshit comes along and and agrees with whatever you feel fear that you are it's only going to get reinforced and then then it can become to the point where no one can convince you otherwise and that's sad so we need to be nicer to each other guys even if someone's mean to us it's because someone was mean to them don't give it back impeccable the word impeccable comes from the late pecatos i put an accent on there but i don't think that was necessary which means sin the im in impeccable means without so impeccable means without sin religions talk about sins and sinners but let's understand what it really means to sin a sin is anything you do that goes against yourself everything you feel or believe or say that goes against yourself is a sin you would go against yourself when you judge or blame yourself for anything oh this chapter made me really realize like i'm so mean to myself which is so great it's so great to realize that i was very happy to realize that i was first sad and then i was like well fix it you can fix it i love that definition of sin i love that definition of sin i'm and I, like i said i'm way too familiar with extreme religions use of the word sin where some dude's like if you put a man if you're a man and you put your penis in another man's butthole god will take a shit on your life and you will die, you sinner. Like that's, the, you know. When you are impeccable, you take responsibility for your actions. But you do not judge or blame yourself. Ooh! Can you imagine? Oh my God. Can you imagine that you take responsibility? You fu- Can you imagine? Oh man. Talk about fantasy. Imagine taking responsibility for a fuck up that you did and not judging or blaming yourself. I mean, is that even possible, you guys? I don't know. It is. It is. It is. Oh, here's an example. I used to, I I talk about my comedy partner, Corinne Fisher. I, I use her as as examples, especially with this kind of shit, because she truly is somebody who is confident and likes herself. And it's 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 so great to have a living, breathing example of that. Because I'm like, it is possible. But I remember one time we were late. Um, we before we could afford like we used to share cabs to the airport when we first started touring i would take a cab to her place and we would split it because we couldn't afford to each take our separate cabs um and so i remember you know we had a system going where i would text her hey i'm in a cab on my way to your place and she would say okay and so this is maybe the third time we went out touring and i texted her hey i'm on uh, i'm on my way to your place uh, i'm gonna be on my way to your place in like 10 minutes didn't hear back from her and then i was like hmm that's weird and then i uh I called her. She didn't answer. I'm like, mm, okay. And then like 20 minutes went by. I'm like, okay, you know what? She's, she overslept. Um, just because, she, 
you know, we had a good system in place so I could tell, ooh, something's awry. I'm just going to go to her house. And I went to her house and um, I was pounding on her door. Somebody had let me in. Someone walked into her building. So I, well, I got in because I was buzzing and no one was answering. And so I was pounding on her door. I was like, Corinne, you know. And then she was she was still drunk from the night before. We had a live taping of Guys We Fucked. And she was naked and she didn't pack. And she was like, she was like, oh, all right, well, whatever. And she just threw a couple things in a suitcase. We had to go because we were running late. And she wasn't mad at herself for doing that. And I will never forget that because nor should she have been mad at herself. Shit happens. It's okay. She did not judge or blame herself at all. And I will never forget that because I just kept thinking to myself, I'm like, if this were me, if that was me, I would have been like, you fucking failure. Of course, you're fucking up again. Like, truly. And I was so moved by the fact that she didn't blame or judge herself. She didn't even fucking take her cell phone with her on this weekend of touring because she couldn't find it. And she was like, eh, whatever. I'll just go on my computer. I'm like, wow. And she's she's a very responsible person. And she and she got dry and she whatever and and actually I think she I think I remember her saying she thought she was Ruby that night. But regardless, even if she wasn't, she didn't. She was like, okay, well, this is what it is, and we have to figure it out. I'm like, wow, you did not get in your own way there. And I just witnessed it in the flesh. I'll never forget that. Because I know how harsh I am on myself. So one little fuck up. I'm, I am like, there is a point in my, most of my life, I was aching to call myself out on fucking up before anybody else could see it. Ugh, what a hell that is. From this point of view, the whole definition of sin goes from something religious and moral to common sense. And that's why I love this fucking book. It's fucking common sense. Self-rejection is the biggest sin you can commit. Mm-hmm. If I see you on the street and I call you stupid, it appears that I'm using the word against you. But really, I'm using the word against myself because you're going to hate me for this. Well, that's a little strong, but whatever. Hate me for this, and your hating me is not good for me. Therefore, if I get angry and with my word send all that emotional poison to you, I am using the word against myself. Ha <laughs> ha. No. <laughs> yeah, it's a great quote. But this made me think, like, oh, can I not talk? Like, well, I would never call. I'm not rude to people's faces. Oh, God, that's terrible. But I vent about them behind their back when it's appropriate. You know what I mean? If I love, here's some more quotes. We got more quotes. If I love myself, I will express that love in my interactions with you. If I love you, then you will love me. <laughs> well, not always. Am I right, ladies? Uh, okay. If you make an agreement with yourself to be impeccable with your word, just with that intention, just with the intention, if you, you listening to this right now, this is me talking now. If you listening to this right now, go, you know what? I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to set the intention to be impeccable with my word. Now we're back to Don Miguel Ruiz's words. Just with that intention, the truth will manifest through you and clean all the emotional poison within you. Obviously, you have to keep reminding yourself because it's a long process. But making this agreement is difficult because we have learned to do precisely the opposite. We have learned to lie as a habit of communication with others and more importantly, with ourselves. Mostly, we use the word to spread our personal poison. Not me, bitch. Oh, I probably do. To express anger, jealousy, envy, hate. The word is pure magic. The most powerful gift we as humans and we uh, have, and we use it against ourselves. We plan revenge. We create chaos with the word. We use the word to create hate between races, between families, between nations. The misuse of the word is how we create and perpetuate the dream of hell. Woo! And he uses an example of um, 
this woman is like a good-hearted, hardworking woman who's a mother. She came home one day after a bad day of work and she had a bad headache and her daughter was didn't understand this. She was very young and she was like joyfully singing and running about the house and, and singing. And um, the singing was so loud and it made the mother's headache worse. And the mom said, shut up. You have an ugly voice. Can you just shut up? And then back to Don Miguel's quote, the truth is the mother's tolerance for any noise was non-existent. It was not that the little girl's voice was ugly, but the daughter believed what her mother said. And in that moment, she made an agreement with herself and no longer sang. Oh, it's so sad. People are discouraged from their dreams because of a, a thing that a parent can say out of frustration. It doesn't even have to mean, you know, somebody does not have to be intentionally being a shithead to you people do it people are shitheads on accident all the time but it makes me think like think about the negative beliefs that you hold about yourself whatever they are. i hope they're uh, they're limited but they might not be and and see if you can pinpoint where that bullshit started i i try to do this and honestly i don't there's a couple things where i'm like well that's where that came from but other things i'm like i don't fucking know i don't remember it could be just seeing an adult behave in a certain way and then that made me behave in a certain way. You know what I mean? Because your adorable little child self was never like, you were never, as a kid, you were never like, you know what? You know what? I'm a fat, ugly whore. Someone or society perpetuated that in your mind and you agreed that you were. That's why the beauty industry is like zillionaires. Whenever we hear an opinion and believe it, we make an agreement and it becomes a part of our belief system. And that's why I cannot say this enough. Guys, take everything with a grain of fucking salt. Everything. Everything you hear and read and see. Everything that comes out of my fucking mouth. Take it with a grain of salt. Oh, he just sent me a dick pic again. Good. Because I want to stretch you out. And you'd love it. I don't know about that. Um, he's not being impeccable with his word. Uh, we'll call him later. Hold on. Um, oh, where was I? Oh, yeah. The opinion, hearing an opinion and agreeing to it. Oh, God. You got to take everything with a grain of salt. Just observe. This is, and I feel very good about putting these words out. Observe and be curious. And, and, and possibly entertain the opinions and thoughts of others, for sure. Like, just take them in and go, okay, that's what this person thinks. And maybe be curious about well, why do they think that way? I love, that's why I love, I love talking to people who have the exact opposite beliefs as me. Because I, I'm just curious about what makes them tick. That's why I'm a good interviewer. I'm a fucking great interviewer. So is Corinne. Uh, but, but what leads my interviewing style is curious. If I'm not curious about you, I don't, I'm not going to interview you. Because it'll be a shit interview. I have to be curious about you in some way. And that's why I want to talk to people who do bad things. Because I'm curious as to how, what led them to that. Because something did. But for the love of Beyonce, take everything everyone says with a grain of fucking salt, okay? It's an outside opinion. It's an outside opinion. And even your own opinions, they're fucking opinions. They can change, they can morph, they can grow, okay? We give our kids opinions and our children's carry that black magic for years and years. People who love us do black magic on us, but they do not know what they do. That is why we must forgive them. They do not know what they do. Oh, sweet. Hey, when you know better, you do better. That's what Oprah says. He talks about an example of a girl telling uh, her friend that she looks ugly in some fucking dress and put and the girl puts all the power of the other girl's opinion in it. And the only thing that can break 
that spell, that 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 opinion that we have that has been inserted into us is by making a new agreement based on truth. Very important. Based on truth. The truth is the most important part of being impeccable with your word. Only the truth will set us free. Looking at everyday human interactions, imagine how many times we cast spells on each other with our word. And that's, you know what that reminds me of? This is like a, a, a controversial topic, I guess. It is. No, not I guess. It is. Um, being obese, obesity. Because there's this body positive movement, which I am so fucking for. And then, and then some people are like, no, you're just celebrating being fat. And then some people are like, you're just celebrating being unhealthy. And there's just all these opinions flying around about body positivity. It's a really uh, hot, it's a hot topic. People love talking about it. But it made me think like, okay, first of all, I, I, ag I agree that we should be, we should just, let's just all agree to promote eating healthy and a healthy lifestyle. And then whatever happens after that, okay. Because man, you can be overweight because of a thyroid problem. You can be overweight because you were raped and you want to create a physical barrier between you and other people. You can be overweight. There's so many reasons. You could be overweight because the shit that they put in fast food is terrible. M motherfucking kids eating Lucky Charms for breakfast? That's all cereal with sugar. What? It's not breakfast. So of course that's going to manifest in being overweight if you do it all the time. Like, so, but when people are like, well, I don't think it's good to promote being fat. I'm okay. All right. Okay. But also, can you just take a second and humanize the, the person you're talking about or the people you're talking about? You probably can because that's why you're spouting out that shit. But it's like, you don't know why people are the way they are, or how they got the way they are. And if someone is like, the overweight thing really is interesting to me because some people get so pissed about it. Like I see people get so pissed, like thin people or like, you know, not obese people getting like pissed about people who are uh, medically obese being comfortable with themselves. I'm like, guys, 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 guys. Okay. And that's a wrap on all this bullshit. Can we just agree that we should be promoting eating healthy and an active lifestyle? Those are all great things because you don't know why a person is the way they are. And I say that because a lot of people have emailed us. <laughs> Guys Who Fucked has taught me so many things and said that they are overweight because uh, they were raped. I'm not saying everyone who's overweight was raped because that's just not true at all. It's not even a little bit true. But that's a reason why someone could be overweight. And I feel like a lot of people don't even consider that as a possible reason. And it's like, look, it's not going to kill you to understand that everybody has their own story. It doesn't mean that you have to... Like, I feel like people get so, by people, I mean, I often do it too. I'm like, ugh, every time I go to try to do something, someone's like, wait, that's not, un that's unfair to me because X, Y, Z. And I just automatically roll my eyes and I'm like, okay, you know what? Fuck it. I don't care. And I become callous. But no, listen to that person. Just listen. Take it with a grain of salt. It, there, it, there might be some, there might be a beautiful lesson in there for you. And it might be someone who's just trying to tell you what to do, but it's your job to decipher it. Oh, the lines we walk. Um, more quotes, more quotes. Oh God. And then he talks about gossip. <sighs> the only, oh, the only thing that can break the spell is to make a new agreement based on truth. The truth is the most important part of being impeccable with your word. Uh, only the truth will set us free. 
Look at everyday human interactions. Imagine how many times we cast spells on each other with our word. Gossip is black magic at its very worst because it is pure poison. That's what he said. But sometimes I'm like, why does it feel so fun sometimes? Like talk behind someone's back. It does sometimes. It feels great. But I know, but you can, if you, if you pay attention to this, you can tell if you just take a second, take a second, pay attention. Just a second more of attention to what you think and feel. You could tell when it's like, yeah, let's shit talk somebody. Because you feel good because you're like, yeah, they're a piece of shit. Just like I think I'm a piece of shit. So, <laughs> right? But then there's, it, it made me go, oh, shit. Do I, like if I'm frustrated with somebody and I talk about them behind their back, usually I try to make a point. Like if it's, if it's a serious thing and I don't want it to feel like gossip, I talk about it and I need to bounce it off of somebody, I only talk about it with someone who also knows that person and loves that person. Because then it just doesn't feel, to me, that's my own personal rule. It, then it doesn't feel like gossip. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, oh, if this person is frustrating me, I kind of want to talk to a mutual friend who knows and loves this person so that maybe there's something I'm not seeing, right? Because I, you know, I get, my feelings get hurt and I think, you know, one of the agreements we'll get into is don't take it, don't take things personally. That one is, woo, very hard. Harder than this uncircumcised dick I'm looking at. That's pretty hard. Gossip has become the way we feel close to each other because it makes us feel better to see someone feel so as badly as we feel. Misery loves company and people who are suffering in hell don't want to be all alone. Gossip can be compared to a computer virus. And if anyone has parents who watch Fox News, woo, you know what I'm saying. He gives an example of... um. Uh, a, a student is in college and they're excited about a class and then someone comes up to the student and they're like oh that professor is po- a pompous jerk and he's a pervert so watch out you're immediately imprinted with the word and the emotional code that the person had when saying this but what you're not aware of is his or her motivation in telling you and that's an important thing because when he used that example of like oh this and, and this teacher's a pervert <laughs> part of me was like well y'all like he might be a fucking pervert y'all but he makes the author makes a great point in saying you don't know the person's motivation in telling you this, especially if it's a person you don't know. If it's a person you do know, you still might not know their motivation. You know, sometimes we tell people pieces of information because we have an agenda and maybe we don't even know it. Life's hard, you guys. One little piece of misinformation can break down communication between people, causing every person it touches to become infected and contagious to others. Ooh, goes with the COVID theme. Imagine that every single time others gossiped to you, they inserted a computer virus into your mind, causing you to think a little less clearly every time. Then imagine that in an effort to clean up your own confusion and get rid of some relief from the poison, you gossip and spread the virus to someone else. Now imagine this pattern going on in a never-ending chain between all humans on earth. The result is a world full of humans who can only read information through circuits that are clogged with poisonous, contagious virus. Woo! Who's horny? Oh, and then he says, as we grow older, we become more calculated in our efforts to bring people down. And I was like, oh, that hurt. That hurt because I've done it. And women are way better at that than men, I'll tell you. Women can take the power of the word and murder your soul with it. Maybe it's because we're like smarter, I don't know. (laughs) You're just like your father. Ooh, who got sad? 
I don't know. It's not personal because I don't know who you are. Uh, then we lie to ourselves and say that uh, that person received a just punishment for their wrongdoing. When we see the world through a computer virus, it's easy to justify the cruelest behavior. So true. So true. So true. Consider how many times you have gossiped about the per oh, this hurts. Consider how many times you've gossiped about the person you love the most to gain the support of others for your point of view. How many times have you spread emotional poison about a loved one in order to make your opinion right? That made me so sad because it made me think of the I, I can't think of a lot of times that I've done this, but I ha the times that I have, I fucking remember because that does not feel good. Shit talking a, a loved one, like a boyfriend or girlfriend or something. Because you're mad at them and you want to make the person you're talking to also mad at them. It's not right, man. It's not right. Don't do that. I'm talking to me and you. Your opinion comes from your beliefs, your own ego, and your, your own dream. We create all this poison to spread to others just so that we can feel right about our own point of view. Guys, being married to being right is, is, is going to end in divorce of you as a person. If you're so, that is it's just the worst quality in a person, man an unshakable belief in their own opinions like that and like people who's like my way or the highway Ugh, gross dude but here's the last quote i'm going to share if you understand this agreement this agreement being impeccable with your be impeccable with your word you begin to see all the changes that can happen in your life changes first in the way you deal with yourself which is very important and later in the way you deal with other people especially those you love most and that's, I mean, I, I've been, this has been proven to me time and time again, this sentiment about how powerful the word is. And, and talk about undoing spells being cast on people. That's what guys we fucked the anti-sachemy podcast did. Like that's one of the things I think it did for people because we always get feedback about how like I felt bad about this thing my whole life and now I don't. And I'm like, how fucking cool is it that two people can talk about a thing without shame and guilt and then it inspires others to lift their own shame and guilt. that is so fucking cool and that's why i talk about pedophilia a lot because i know you're like where's this going because i i <laughs> i know that if we use the power of our word if the world paid attention to 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 the emotional and mental atrocities happening throughout the globe like pedophilia I really, I know that we can make a huge impact in, on ending it because we can use the power of the word to end something like that. We can. I know, I just, I know we can. I've, I know we can. The one time I said on the podcast, I was like, I don't think you should necessarily kill yourself if you're a pedophile. I, I'm, pr I'm pretty sure that's the exact words I said. I'm like, I'm not saying you should kill yourself. And a guy wrote, get, made up a fake email address so he can write us to set, because he said he has pedophilic urges that he doesn't act on, but he always thought he should be killing himself. And to hear one person say you shouldn't made him, he said he was like, made him cry. And I'm like, and look, that brings me though. I'm like, man, if we just had helplines, a 1-800 number, something you can call so that you can, so that you can get help. We got to give people help for, for all the things we need to help people. We need to help the worst people worst in quote worst whatever you think is the word like these people need help the most but it's it's i mean really i feel i've seen it happen where the word can make somebody go it can change somebody's life for the better 
And I know that if we talk about and, and I, the, the, why I talk about pedophilia is fucking thousands of emails. If you if you look up the word pedophile or molested in our inbox, if you look up that search word, thousands and thousands and thousands of emails from people who were molested as kids. I mean, wow, was I naive to that. And so because I am now not na- no longer, I am no longer naive to the fact that a lot of people were molested as children. So because of that, I'm like, wow, I really think, I really think that if we talked about this more, then not only, oh, maybe that, somebody could be listening to this and go, you know what? Some motherfucker touched me when I was 11. Wait, that was fucked up. Because when shit happens to us, a lot of times we don't realize it's fucked up, no matter what it is. Like if something fucked up happened, no matter the scope, a lot of times we were like, wait, is that fucked up? Oh, that's fucked up. Oh, shit, that's fucked up. And then we spend our 20s going, shit, that's fucked up. And we do a lot of drugs. And then we spend our 30s going, yep, that was fucked up. Now let's not be fucked up. You know what I mean? Anyway, I'm going on a tangent. Oh, low battery mode. Let's take this time. I hope you enjoyed this um, deep dive into the first agreement, being impeccable with your word. Um, so let's just um, let's just read this fuckboy conversation between me and this 4-1-3-2-1-4-8-9-4. Lonely? I could help that out with 10 and a half inches. Didn't say anything. Yesterday he says, well, 10, 10 and a half. Wait, I'll say, wait, let me see. You'd be in heaven. And then I said today, call me when you can. And then he said, I take it, I make you wet? How could I not? I want to hear your voice. Well, do you like my massive cock? Then we could talk. And I said, I do. And then he said, good, because I want to stretch you out and you'd love it. How many inches is it again? Inches. Inches. Wait, let me just call him because he's going to know that's a joke. It's hard. For, I can't text something. And, ugh, I, 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 don't, I no longer feel like trying to egg this person on via text. you know what I found I, I thought of the greatest revenge he's not gonna answer I thought of the greatest revenge this person's phone number I'm gonna give it out um it's I'm gonna give it out because this is what I want this is what I want to do I think it's kind of funny I don't think it's like a mean thing because let me tell you something it does feel a little bit of a vile I don't want to see your dick dude I don't want to I don't want to see it don't want to see your dick I'm playing with my dog. I don't want to see your dick, right? His number's 401-321-4894, okay? If you're a guy and you got a dick pic, send it to him. Text him. And just say like 10 and a half. Do something like that. Again, 401-321-4894. Don't be mean. Just text him a dick pic. Do you know what I'm saying? And, I, and I'm going to trust you. I'm giving his, a person's phone number out who... I guess you could technically say he's harassing me, but I don't. I, I just don't feel that way about it. I'm just like, ugh, gross. Um, but maybe that's because it happens so often to women that we like brush it off or whatever. But it's gross. Um, send him a dick pic, guys. Because if you love me, I'll love you. If you send me a dick pic, I'll send you a dick pic. Well, I can't because I don't have a dick. But you do. Person with a dick listening to this. So if you want to. Obviously, don't if you don't want to. But... um. I hope I don't regret this decision, but I'm trusting you that you're not going to, that's all you're going to do. That's a lot of trust that I'm putting on a group of strangers that I don't fucking know. But you know what? I don't regret it as of right now.
Guys, thanks for listening. Uh, I love you. Please don't kill yourself. Um, and uh, stay safe. Stay inside. This is weird. This is a weird. This is weird. This is very weird. My heart goes out to anybody being affected um, by this virus right now. People who've lost jobs and people who've lost loved ones. That's, oh, I mean, that, that's the worst. I'm so sorry if you've lost someone, if you're going through loss. I'm so, so sorry for your loss. Um, but we're going to get through this. We have to, you know? You got this. Stay safe. Stay inside. Stay sane. I love you. Send this guy a dick pic. Please send him a dick pic. I feel like he'll love it because he loves dicks. You know what I mean? All right. I love you. I'll talk to you next week. I believe the children are our future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. Show them all the beauty they possess inside. Give them a sense of pride to make it easier. Let the children's Everybody's searching for a hero People need someone to look up to I never found anyone who fulfilled my needs A lonely place to be And so I learned